Welcome to the Freddie Mac Single Family Home Starts Here podcast. Your connection to all the latest industry trends, insights, and points of view on the mortgage market from Freddie Mac leaders and other industry experts. We're coming at you live from the MBA Annual 19 Conference, where you can catch exclusive episodes throughout the event. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Home Starts Here. Uh, this is Reham Alakeni. I'm live at the MBA Annual Convention, and I am delighted to be joined by two very special guests. First of all, we have Christy Furco, Executive Vice President and President of Mortgage at Flagstar. Welcome, Christy. Hi, good to be here. And uh, my colleague, uh, Krista Patron, who is a Director of Sales and Single Family at Freddie Mac. Hey, Krista. Hi, how are you today? Great. Now, we just all uh, attended a great session, the Empower event, the lunch uh, with Gene Chatsky. I found it very interesting, very engaging, and it's a great place for us to start this conversation. I'm so glad that you joined us. Um, that room was full of women and some men, but predominantly women. However, uh, in our line of work, oftentimes you're the only woman in the room. I'm sure you've encountered that in your career before. How have you dealt with this? Um, what were some of the techniques, mechanisms, ways of dealing with it and being the only woman in the room? Start with you, Christy. Yeah, I'm happy to start. Um, for me, being the only woman in the room, it's something that as a uh, African-American female happens a lot. Um, and so, I mean, my strategies were to immediately, when I walk in a room, make eye contact with someone, see who makes eye contact back and doesn't look on the ground, um, and then go up to them and start forging a conversation. And I think as women, when you're the only one in the room, if you're looking for other women and there's no one there, you can either stand in a corner by yourself or you can engage who's in the room. And so my strategy always was that first person that made eye contact, I would go over and introduce myself, or I would identify if I knew someone in the room, uh, and then immediately make a beeline to them, and inevitably, you know, we would start a conversation, they'd introduce me to somebody else that was in the room, and then you, it just kind of grew from there. But I think women have to be intentional when they walk in the room, not to be intimidated by the fact that they are the only ones in the That's room, right. but to immediately look for who can I make connections with. And even if you don't know someone, um, if somebody makes eye contact and gives you that friendly smile... Beeline Take the them, opportunity to yourself, <laughs> right. and then uh, you don't feel so alone. Yeah, Krista, how about you? I couldn't agree more with what Christy said. I think you know, for myself, I always tell myself and my friends and colleagues the best thing you can put on in the morning is confidence. Mm. And when you do that, you really feel when you're in those environments, you're not only entitled to be there, but I look at it like you are someone who they look up to as well. And, you know, I echo your sentiments, Christy. I think about what you said in terms of the fact that you should never be intimidated. And I certainly understand where you're coming from in the journey you described. And I think, particularly, I think back to a time when I was younger and first coming into the industry and you felt, you, you felt that when you walked in the room, but then you realize the firm handshake. I don't need to give a handshake that's not firm. And you present yourself in a way, and I think that garners respect as well. And yeah. that's really been helpful. You know, the other thing that's interesting, I mean, we all, um, you know, kind of at our core are insecure about something. And, you know, this being the only one in the room, you could feel insecure. But what's amazing is the, even though there's guys in the room and, you know, you might feel they have a camaraderie already because they're not the only one in the room, 
they probably feel just as awkward and insecure as we do, right? Um, and so making a connection with someone and genuinely do that um, and making each other feel comfortable about the situation, uh, it tends to make it better for all. And, and you, you mentioned making connections, and that's very important. And I'd love to hear from both of you how you go about making connections, both within your organization, but broadly. Uh, being at MBA at the convention, it's a great opportunity for us to meet and, and talk. How do you do that on an ongoing basis? and make connections across the industry and within your organization? Yeah, well, one thing I think is important about the connections is do your homework in advance. Um, you know, LinkedIn and some of the other social media platforms have made it so easy to connect. Most events, and you know, we're at the NBA conference, this included, they hand out a list or send you a list of who's going to attend the event. So do your homework. Like, reach out and look on that list and say, are there people that I've met before? Um, is there people that are connected in my network? And be intentional about reaching out and saying, hey, we should meet at the conference, or I see we're going to both be at this reception um, and, you know, would love to connect with you at the reception. And so that way you walk in the room looking for yeah, someone versus just, you know, being there. But I think all too often people just show up. Mm -hmm. uh, and while showing up is good, being prepared uh, and having created some connections in advance for going in is even better. That's great advice. Krista, how about you? Sure. I think it's very important to to forge new relationships as well as existing relationships and nurturing the ones that you have. I think one way to do that is genuine, to be genuine. When you meet someone and you leave somewhere, send them a note, send them a thank you, tell them it was nice to be in their company, follow up with them, ask something personal. I think it's very meaningful when you have a connection that you know something personal about them. You know their their children's names, what's important to them, perhaps something they may be going through and follow up with that. And I really think it's about forging a relationship, not just a connection, but, but a relationship that can be lasting. Yeah, Krista, I love that point because one of the things, one of my hallmarks, and this comes from my mother, Margaret Williams, um, trained us around thank you notes. And I still do do handwritten thank you notes every time I meet someone or we have an interaction. And that Absolutely. stands out in a world of digital everything. Yeah. Um, so that starts a relationship because people remember that. Or you know, people will just come up and say, oh, I've always been impressed. You always send a thank you note every time after we meet. And it just, you know, do the things that will make you stand out. Because in a sea of a ton of people, how do you make yourself memorable? And those connections, although you feel it and it's real, that follow-up through the personal little things really make it even more real. That's great. That is. I'll, I'll share something that I'll probably surprise you, Christy, and it, it resonates with me. Um, I hadn't met Christy yet, and we hadn't forged a relationship. And, you know, she was kind enough to come up to me at a conference and just and give a kind compliment and really went out of her way to do that. And that was something that really stuck with me. Yeah. We hadn't met. So it really meant a great deal to just make that effort. But I can't echo enough. It's so funny. I feel like we, thank you notes and handwritten notes. Yeah. My mom, same thing. Yeah. She, I remember being in second grade and, you know, after communion, she would say, sit down, 
Sit down at the table, Krista, yep. write a thank you note. And it is. It's something that sticks with you your whole life. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's, we had good moms. I'm telling you, we <laughs> did. Good, good women role models. Yeah. Absolutely. Strong role models. Yeah. So you're both leaders. Uh, you lead teams. You lead an organization. And uh, we have a role to play as leaders to promote women within the organization. Can you talk to us about how you think about that and what you're doing within your organization and broadly as a leader to support that next generation of women leaders? Yeah, I think it's so important to kind of the whole give back. And so mentoring, helping women kind of get to the next level, making myself available is critically important to me to uh, ensuring that, you know, that next generation that comes behind me. I mean, I say all the time, I'm, you know, the first African-American woman to lead a mortgage company. If I am the last, then I have failed, right? So how do I continue to nurture and support and mentor the women who are to come behind me. Um, so there is a hundred Christy Furcos to think about or to choose from the next time this becomes available. And so I think just giving a helping hand, offering advice, being encouraging, making sure that people stay connected in this industry and don't feel alone, um, I think it's really important. And Krista, I know you, uh, we work together, we're colleagues, and you were one of the first people to reach out to me when I joined Freddie, uh, offered to introduce me to people within Freddie, uh, always checked in, gave me feedback. Uh, how else are you promoting other women within our company and beyond? Absolutely. Well, within our company, I think it's important to always pick up the phone when somebody calls. You'd be surprised. People think that in our roles that we're only interacting with our teams and the people that we work with in our teams and in our groups, that's not true. There's many women that will reach out and say, Krista, can I ask you a question? Where did you start at Freddie Mac? And how did you get where you are? And why are you where you are? And I think it's important to take the time. I think it's very important to take the time to listen to what they say and give them their advice, good advice on how you've got where you are. Um, also, I make it a point, something I do personally, now I'm sharing a little, a little something that I do. Each month on my, on my calendar, I make it a point to reach out to somebody that I haven't and ask them how they're doing, is there anything I can do to help them, et cetera. So internally, those are the things that I focus on to, to help other, other women. And also I'll say I also forge those relationships with women that we aspire to be. Um, I think we all know, um, as we sit here today at the NBA on October 30th, um, we've just announced at Freddie Mac, Donna Corley, who is now our interim head of single family, our first female in that role. Yeah. And so that is very inspiring to see and she had her growth at Freddie Mac. And so um, we're really not, I feel, just talking the talk, we're walking the walk. Yeah. And I think it's important to do that. Externally, as I, as I sit here with a colleague in the industry, I forge those relationships and I just make sure to take the time. I think it's about taking the time. Um, that's really where it starts and just and just using it to our advantage. But one thing to highlight um, that Krista said and you know, the message to the young women who are out there, it's like that's what we do to reach out to women in the industry. But I would encourage young women who are looking at us or looking at others in the industry to be bold and step out as well. I mean, the thing that's extraordinary, it, it, I feel an obligation to help support other women in the industry. And so the risk for a young person who's out there that says, oh, I'm looking at Christy Furco, I'm looking at Krista, you know, I would love to get to know them, but they're not approachable. We'll try it. Yeah. Like reach out to us and see. Every time I have done that, I have been blown away 
at how gracious and humble and engaging people are around that. So if you're out there and listening and you know you want to have a mentorship or develop a relationship, it's worth the risk to just step out because you will find you'll be rewarded. So one last thing I want to touch on. You, you just mentioned risk. And uh, one of the things we, we heard at the, today's event is women are less uh, likely to take on risks, but we need to do that to step out of our comfort zone and advance in our careers. Can Christy, did you do this in your career? Did you take risks? Perhaps, oh, I, I see a smile. So please share. Yeah, my whole career has been one big risk. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I was always, and I got early, career advice um, from a mentor around this that said to me, never focus on the job or the next job. Just be excellent at the one that you have and the other ones will come. And so as a result, I was always one of those that, you know, had my head down, worked really hard and focused on what it was. But then when opportunities came up to do something outside of my expertise or outside of that comfort zone or to contribute to a product, I was always one of the first ones to raise my hand, or if when asked, I said yes. I mean, I started my career in sales, and I was asked to go into human resources. And, you know, I mean, the VP of HR at the time, I was like, I don't know a thing about HR. And he was like, well, you're a salesperson. I need you to help restructure compensation plans. I'll send you to HR schools and teach you HR, but you can contribute on the business right away. And so that was a transition. When I was then, you know, I spent 15 years in HR, and then I was asked to move back into the line business. Business, and this was in the single family business that um, at Fannie Mae, you know, I said to the CEO when he asked me, I said, I don't really have the skills to do that job. As your HR person, I wouldn't put me in that job. <laughs> um, but he's like, you're a good leader. You could learn the depths of the business. And so it's, you know, just being open when opportunity knocks, open the door. And that, you know, and there's risk with that. But, you know, don't focus on the skills that you don't have. Focus on the skills that you do have. And that was one of the things as I took those risks in those different positions, even though my initial, you know, perspective was I don't have the skills to do it. I took the role. And then what I had to do is figure out what skills do I have that can really help me transition and be successful until I learn the requisite skills of that role. And so it's taken inventory of what your transferable skills are, that no matter what role you're in, being a hard worker, being analytic, being a problem solver, you know, those are things that regardless of what job I'm in, I am able to apply those skills. And so the risk is always going to be worth it. And, you know, I just come from a belief, and again, it came from my parents, um, there is no such thing as failure. There's just knowledge about how to do it differently the next time. That's great. And so, you know, that makes me more open to take risks because I don't put pressure on myself that I could fail at this. I just learn how to do it differently. And Krista, how about you take any risks in in your career? All the time. (laughs) I think uh, one of the things that I think about is what we're talking about. It's not just about a lot of people want to move up. And I think about it as growing up. So for me, I think I look at it two ways. One was I was in a part of the business, started in a part of this business, and ended up in a whole different area. So when I, for example, being at Freddie Mac 17 years, I started and spent a lot of time in the servicing side of the business. And I really hadn't thought about, well, I want to learn that over there, or I want to learn that over there. And I merely just picked up the phone and said, I want to be over there. I want to learn how to, 
I want to learn how to do sales. I want to learn about the technology. I want to learn something different. So I think about sometimes the risk I took, you take a lateral move, you learn, and then you develop that skill and then you move up. I think the flip side of that in our roles, Christy, Reham, and all of us, is that we reach out and say, there's talent there. Let's ask them if they would like to learn what we do. And so really fostering that growth across the company and not just thinking of it as as moving up, but moving out. And so I think that's where I took that risk and I thought, I don't know anything about it, but I'll learn. Well, you're both, you're both amazing women, amazing colleagues. Thank you so much for taking the time. Great advice today. Really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to the special edition of the Freddie Mac Single Family Home Starts Here podcast, live from the MBA Annual 19 Conference. After the conference, stay tuned and subscribe to catch additional interviews with key industry leaders and experts. Home Starts Here is available wherever you listen to your podcasts.